Welcome to Concerning CAMS, brought to you by Education Pathways. I'm Kevin Connickney, your host. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's get started. Our topic today is broker selection, why choosing the right agent matters. I have the pleasure to be here today with Joe Thompson. Joe is a client advisor and partner with Gulf Shore Insurance. Welcome, Joe, to Concerning CAMS. And could you please start by telling us about your background in the insurance industry? Yeah, well, thanks for having me today. Um, as you alluded to, I'm a partner and client advisor with Gulf Shore. I've been here for almost eight years, and I work exclusively in, in our condominium uh, community association division, handling uh, mostly coastal condominiums um, in various areas of, of the state. How important is it to work with an agent that specializes in community associations? It's very important, Kevin. I mean, first of all, the risk management and insurance for community associations is, is very, very different. It's, it's complex. There's a lot of variables that, that go into the different exposures and, and coverages that apply. It's really a separate discipline of insurance, and not all agents are created equal. It's no different than an attorney or you know, a management company or an accountant, the board really needs to spend a lot of time vetting that professional to ensure that they're getting somebody that truly has a specialization in that niche to, to make sure that they're going the right direction because insurance ultimately is the most important thing the board will ever purchase. There's really no question about it. Um, so they don't want to commoditize the insurance. You don't want to look at it just as a a line item on the budget and you know trying to trying to get it down to the lowest point possible you want to make sure that you partner with an advisor and you partner with somebody that that has a specialization in this niche of insurance so with that said what is the importance then of interviewing agents it's very important again i would i would say it's analogous to hiring the lawyer the management company the the cpa firm i mean the board is really you know if you look at it like a wheel the board is the center the hub of the wheel and then the spokes that come off of the wheel that holds everything together are effectively the, the advisors that appropriately advise the board for them to make their, their business decisions and to, you know, conduct themselves with their fiduciary responsibilities that they have as board members. And part of that is, is making sure you're, you're getting good recommendations and good advice from these professionals. And you want to really thoroughly vet them to ensure you end up in the right place. Because the last thing you want to do is be in a position with, with the wrong professional. You're not going to call a law firm um, and say you're a, an association that is about to turn over from developer control, you're not going to call three law firms and say, well, who has the cheapest hourly rate? That's who we're going to go with. You're going to call a law firm that specializes in construction defect law and turnovers, and you're going to want to interview them and, and go with the appropriate person, depending on how you feel about that firm or, or their expertise. It's no different with insurance. It's exactly the same. You want to make sure you're working with somebody who works specifically um, in the context of what your exposures are, as an example, say you're a coastal condominium association, you might be a high rise or you know a mid rise on the beach. You want to make sure you're working with an agent that has that specialty. They have other clients nearby, and you can call their references and ensure that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. So there's a lot that goes into it, um, but the but the very thorough interview is 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 very important in that process to hiring an agent. I've heard people use the term agent of record. What does that really mean and how is it relevant to the conversation we're having today? So insurance is is interesting, um, especially with respect to association insurance in Florida. So there are really a, a finite number of insurance carriers that will provide coverage to these associations in, in the context of property, uh, mostly. 
and and every agent that specializes or works a lot with community associations, we all have access to the exact same markets for the most part, overwhelmingly so. So ultimately, what the board and the manager should do is they should initiate that very rigorous and thorough interview process that I referred to and ultimately need to make a decision to choose one agent, one brokerage as their agent of record to go to the marketplace and to compete and negotiate with all of these different carriers on behalf of the association. So you hire one quarterback to go to the market and they pit all of the quotes against one another. So the purpose of that process is that they can drive down the rates. They can negotiate better terms and conditions and enhancement for the association versus having three agents involved and siloing the quotes and not having that ability. That's the last thing you want to do. And and really, um, any agent that that knows the process and agents that do it well are ones that will only participate in that fashion. They won't participate in any other fashion. And frankly, boards that don't initiate that process and try to call multiple agents and try to get different quotes, which is something that's very difficult to do, and I'll explain that in a second, they end up actually doing themselves a major disservice because you lose that ability to have that one specialist, that one agent, that one expert to really go in there, roll their sleeves up on your behalf and get aggressive with the marketplace and negotiate you the best possible program that they can. Um, That would be my recommendation. Joe, sometimes uh, association boards uh, may choose to skimp a bit by getting a cheaper policy and then some things may not be covered. What have you seen happen uh, in cases like that when uh, some kind of uh, uh, peril happens that's not covered by a policy? So, you know, there's a couple ways to, to look at this. I mean, we have boards oftentimes, you know, they, they do want to focus on the commodity aspects of insurance more so than they want to look at it from the way we view what their fiduciary responsibility should be. So some boards will view that responsibility as we need to save money now on the current expiring premiums or the renewal premiums versus we need to spend more for more coverage. So at the end of the day, it boils down to education for the boards, for them to understand what are you covered for and what are you not covered for. So is there a way to save some money on the insurance? And in a lot of cases, there might be, but it's not going to be uh, you know, not at the expense of different coverage that they may or may not need. And sometimes those coverages can be sort of risk tolerance questions. Um, boards have different levels of risk tolerance, so it depends on what the coverage is. If it's something like, say, for example, there's something called plate glass coverage, which would be a first dollar coverage for glass damage. There's some boards that are more concerned about their under-deductible costs than others, and and they may have a discussion and deliberate on potentially eliminating that coverage. But at what cost could that could that catch them? Um, it depends and on the circumstance and the context. If we have a storm and there's significant damage to their glass and it's under their hurricane deductible, then they're going to regret eliminating that coverage. So it ultimately is a risk tolerance question for individual boards. But at the end of the day, you're, you're pretty much going to be losing some level of coverage by trying to look for cost savings, especially now in the hard market that we're in on various lines of coverage, most in particular the property. And the issue on the property is that a lot of property carriers are already eliminating different coverages and they're getting much harder on their terms and conditions and deductibles are changing. So it's becoming more difficult to to squeeze for savings, but it is still possible. But again, it's going to be at the expense of coverage. But the key for us is that we want to make sure that the board is fully educated on the decisions that they're making because, yeah, you might be able to save some money on, for example, general liability 
but say the money you save results in a policy that has an exclusion related to water damage or something of that nature. And you could have a claim the following year related to water damage in a unit and say the unit owner sues the association and the HO6 carrier attempts to subrogate and the association looks to file that under their general liability, they're not going to have any coverage. So that savings of a couple thousand dollars last year to switch carriers to save some money could result in hundreds of thousands of dollars of -of out-of-pocket cost for the association. So the, the real fiduciary responsibility is to watch out for that and not to save the two or $3,000 on the front end for the policy year. Um, that's, that's what we look at, and that's how we explain it to our boards. Well, you, you talked about education. And so what I'm wondering is, uh, is it, would it be reasonable for a CAM to call an agent up and say, hey, can you come and talk to my board? Um, I'm concerned that they seem to be going down the path of, of seeking less coverage, and I'm worried about uh, what that might mean for for our association. Would you be? Would you or other agents be willing to come in typically and talk to boards to educate them about what the consequence could be of choosing less coverage? Yeah, I, absolutely. We we do that with our clients, and and I would hope that other agents do the same. But that's that's just standard operating procedure for agents that specialize with community associations. So I would hope that other agents would do that as well. But that's a very fair question. And, you know, I would say hats off to any CAMs that recognize that as a potential issue because the CAM is obviously doing a great job as well because they are also looking out for the association's interests and recognize that that would be a a bad move to look to sort of cut coverages in certain areas where it could come back and actually create a bigger consequence in the future from a claims standpoint. Joe, thank you for joining us today on Concerning CAMs to walk us through broker selection, why choosing the right agent matters. If listeners have additional questions, how can they best reach you and your associates at Gulf Shore Insurance? Yeah, well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate the opportunity. And if anybody wanted to reach out to me directly, they can call me um, at 239-465-7029, or they could email me directly at jthompson at gulfshoreinsurance.com, or go to our website and you can find contact information for staff there as well at gulfshoreinsurance.com. Excellent, Joe. We'll, um, we'll actually include that contact information in the episode notes for this podcast. And thanks again for joining us today. You got it. Thank you. Thank you.